Hey, River West family, it is so good to be with you. Although we can't gather physically in this season, I just want to let you know how good it is that we've found these innovative ways to connect virtually as a community in this season. For the last 2,000 years, Jesus' church has never allowed adversity or a crisis to keep them from coming together, from encouraging one another, from praying together as a community, loving and serving the most vulnerable in their community, and above all, worshiping our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's what we're going to do today and in the weeks to come leading up to Good Friday and Easter. And I just want you to think for a moment, friends, how good it's going to be when we can finally all come together as one big family Something tells me there's not going to be a lot of social distancing operating that day. Even for the introverts, I think there's going to be a lot of spontaneous hugging happening in the foyer at River West that Sunday, and I can't wait. In the meantime, whether you're tuning in online and you're still in your PJs, or you're a parent and you're gathering the whole tribe with kids around the TV, feel free to hit the pause button, grab a Bible, Grab a notebook, grab some coffee, and turn, if you would, to Psalm 91, one of my favorite psalms. You know, over the last couple weeks, as the COVID-19 outbreak went from being a global news story to a local news story that's still unfolding as I speak and making an impact and upending, upending life as we know it in our backyard, I have found so much encouragement, so much consolation and peace and wisdom from the Psalms. You know, friends, in times of distress, when troubles feel insurmountable, when we don't know what to do. And we come to the edges of our own wisdom and resources. There is no better place to turn in the scriptures than to the book of Psalms. In fact, my guess is that many of you that are watching, God has used a Psalm in your life to carry you through a hard time. And this week, I know because I've connected with many of you, you're smack dab in the middle of one of those hard times right now. All of us, no matter who you are, all of us have friends, loved ones, family members that are vulnerable and we're worried about them. And if fear is setting in, many of you sitting at home, you're wondering how you're gonna stay afloat financially or find a job or keep a business together during this crisis and anxieties are beginning to well up. Some of you who are listening, a a friend that I spoke to just before I got here is five weeks into a self-quarantine and isolation and loneliness is beginning to set in. And parents, I know you feel me on this. We're a couple weeks into this thing. We've run out of puzzles and things to do with our kids, and we've been informed by the school district that now we're all homeschoolers, which if you're a homeschooler, this is your jam, 
this is life that's normal for you. But if you're the Kaufman family, this is kind of our nightmare. And panic is beginning to set in. Friends, today, wherever you're at, whatever you're facing, whatever you're feeling in this moment, I believe God wants us to lift our eyes off of our news feeds, off our circumstances, and to fix our hope on who he is. And the way that the Lord is going to infuse us with that hope today is through his word in Psalm 91. So turn, if you would, to Psalm 91 and hear God's word today. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, The young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So good. I love this psalm so much. Charles Spurgeon once wrote of this psalm, in the whole collection of psalms, there is not one that is more cheering than this. And you know what, River West, as strange as that sounds, it's absolutely true. This last week, as I personally just reflected and made Psalm 91 my prayer, it filled me with such an incredible supernatural sense of peace and joy in the midst of one of the most trying times I've ever faced as a leader, pastor, follower of Jesus. However, even though this psalm absolutely is infused with power by the Holy Spirit to cheer our souls, I appreciate the fact that it doesn't sugarcoat the reality that we live in a broken world that's filled with many dangers, with many toils and snares. And so although the author of Psalm 91 isn't explicitly stated, what's immediately clear when we read this psalm is that it was penned and lifted up as a prayer 
during times of trouble. In fact, did you see just how much trouble is running off the pages of Psalm 91? Apparently, when this psalm was written and recorded, God's people were not only facing physical enemies, the kind that shoot arrows and come from other nations and and bring opposition and armies with them, but they were also facing an unseen enemy in the form of what the psalmist called a deadly pestilence and a plague. And so what's actually so helpful about Psalm 91 is it bears so much in common with our our own cultural moment and the troubles that we're facing amid the coronavirus pandemic. At the time this was recorded, God's people were filled with so much fear and terror, like so many of us are tempted to be overcome with in this time. So what we're going to see in this series where we're turning our gaze away from our circumstances to the scriptures to glean a greater vision of who God is. In Psalm 91, if you're taking notes today, what the psalmist is going to do is he's going to first remind us that in the midst of troubled times, we can trust the Lord to be our shelter, our shelter. This last week, as many states ordered a shelter-in-place order, a stay-at-home order here in Oregon in hopes of curbing the spread of the coronavirus and flattening the curve of this epidemic in our nation, I was personally reminded how vitally important and essential shelter is for all of us. You see, we live in a world where suffering Sickness and death are always lurking in the shadows. And so one of our most basic primal needs is for a safe shelter that we can run into during times of trouble. So what I want you to do, notice all of the different various images of shelter that the psalmist puts before us in verses 1 to 4. He says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find Refuge, His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You know, it's fascinating in this psalm that the psalmist puts two contrasting images of shelter side by side. Perhaps you notice this. In verses 1 to 2, he actually presents this image of God portrayed as a mighty military fortress. But then... In verses 3 and 4, the imagery shifts and God is portrayed as a mother bird, a military fortress and a mother bird. Such a beautiful picture of the kind of shelter God is for us. The military shelter 
fortress imagery reminds us that God is strong and sovereign. It conjures up these images of a castle with high walls and ramparts filled with weapons and shields to defend those that seek out refuge inside of it. But the image that's fascinating in this this passage is the image of the mother bird gathering her brood underneath her wings. Because while the military fortress image is strong and sovereign, this image of a mother bird is intimate. It's, It's even tender and delicate. This image of of a bird sheltering her young under her wings. Those familiar uh, with the New Testament may know that Jesus actually made reference to this metaphor when he lamented over Jerusalem, how Jerusalem had rejected the prophets and was rejecting him and the gospel he proclaimed He lamented, and in Luke chapter 13, verse 34, we read, Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who are sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. You know, normally... When we conjure up images in our mind of who God is, we we typically either imagine him as a strong and powerful deity, like a military fortress, or we picture him as a tender and loving God, more like a mother bird caring for her brood. But Jesus shows us what it looks like when a God in the flesh embodies both power and love, both strength and tenderness. They're embodied perfectly in perfect balance in the person of Jesus Christ. You know, I was reminded this week of of a story of what that, that sheltering love looks like. Right after my family and I, we moved here, there was a news story that broke of an earthquake that impacted a community in Wenchan, China in 2008. After the earthquake, as soldiers and rescue workers dug through the ruins to try and find survivors, they happened upon a mother who had tragically died as the building collapsed. But as the building was coming down in pieces, This mother had her baby with her and did what any mother would do in that moment. And she tucked her baby underneath her own body, knelt down and sheltered this baby as the building collapsed on top of her. Amazingly, miraculously, as the rescue workers found this mother, the baby was perfectly fine. There was not a scratch on the baby whatsoever. And it was sleeping in heavenly peace amidst all of this rubble. As the rescue workers grabbed the baby, they noticed that the mother had actually tucked her mobile phone in the baby's blanket, and she had recorded a message that she wanted to give to her child if the child survived. And this is what the message read. My dear child, if you survive, always remember 
that I love you. Friends, in the midst of so much turmoil in these troubling times, I feel moved to remind you that there is no stronger, safer, more tender, loving shelter than Jesus Christ. Our Savior, who sheltered us from the effects of Satan, sin and death, with his own body on the cross, so that we could rest secure in the shelter of the Almighty. There's no safer shelter than Jesus in this time. So here's what I want to challenge you to do, friends, in the coming weeks as we hunker down in our homes. Each day that you wake up this next week, before you open up your news feed or your email inbox, open up God's word. This next week, turn to Psalm 91. Make this your daily prayer. Use Psalm 91 to help you dwell on who God is. With flights canceled, with offices closed, with restaurants and gyms shut down in this season, I believe in the midst of this crisis that we have an unprecedented opportunity to take refuge in our God so that we might say what the psalmist says in verse nine of his own relationship of the Lord because you've made the Lord your dwelling place. Friends, if you do that, here's what will happen. As you learn to dwell with God in your day and take shelter in his presence and promises like the promises we have here in Psalm 91, the Lord will allow you to rest. It will allow you to rest in the shadow of his presence. And when fears well up, when anxieties well up, you can rest secure because you are under the wings of God Almighty. Can I get a virtual amen? I think some of you may have said it. I know Eric Larson probably did. So after showing us this vision of God as our shelter, Next, the psalmist does something beautiful because he shifts and he wants us to see that God is not only our shelter, but in the midst of troubled times, we can also trust the Lord to be our deliverer. He's our shelter, but he's also our deliverer. So as I read again from this psalm in verses 3 to verses 13, I want you to notice the images of deliverance that are woven throughout this psalm. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you,
to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Now, at first glance, this psalm seems to promise or at least suggest that nothing bad will ever happen to Christians. In fact, over the last few weeks, tragically, there have been many Christian teachers that have used this very psalm to say that if you just have enough faith and you put your trust in the Lord, that he will not allow you to get sick or he will not allow you to be impacted financially amidst this crisis. And many times, verses they use to propagate that theology of deliverance, which is not a biblical theology, are verses like verses 9 and 10, where the psalmist tell us, if we make the Lord our dwelling place, the most high our refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague will come near your tent. But here's the problem with this line of thinking. And this kind of deliverance theology, what happens if you or someone you love comes down with the coronavirus or is diagnosed with cancer? Are sickness and adversity that you're experiencing as a follower of Christ simply a sign that you're not practicing enough faith, that you're not trusting God amidst troubling times and circumstances? Or moreover, does that mean that God's promises to protect and deliver us from troubles that we just read in this passage, are they just wishful thinking or null and void? And friends, I can't state this strongly enough, not at all. None of those things are true. In spite of what some Christian teachers advocate, the Bible never suggests or promotes that Christians are exempt from facing adversities and intense sufferings and losses in this world. While it's absolutely 100% good and wise during times of trouble to ask God to deliver us from evil, from suffering, from deadly pestilence and disease when it impacts our community, we must also remember as a community of faith that Jesus flat out told his disciples in John's gospel, chapter 16, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You know, what's so fascinating about Psalm 91 and all these promises of deliverance is, did you know that Satan actually quoted this psalm back to Jesus when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness? Some of you may remember this story. It's way back in Luke's gospel. We taught this eons ago in Luke. In chapter 4, Satan takes Jesus to Jerusalem and encourages him, tempts him to throw himself down from the pinnacle of the temple in front of a crowd. And he quotes back to Jesus, actually, verses 11 and 12 of Psalm 91, where we read, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot 
against a stone. And what's so fascinating is that Satan is trying to actually have Jesus test if God will deliver him from trouble, but Jesus doesn't take the bait. You see, one of Satan's number one tactics from the beginning of time is to lure us into thinking that when we, we face adversity and troubles and sickness, when we're impacted by the troubles of this world, that our God doesn't love us, that he doesn't see us, that he doesn't care about us or hear our prayers. And Jesus, knowing this was a lie from the pit of hell, rebuked Satan and this lie, did not take the bait because he knew something that Satan didn't know. He knew of a greater more glorious deliverance that would actually come through his own suffering and death. And what's beautiful about Psalm 91 is that deliverance was actually hinted at and pointed towards in verses 13 to 16. See how this psalm ends and pay attention to how the psalmist actually foretells of the day when a Messiah would come to deliver us from all of our greatest adversaries. In verse 13, it says, of the Messiah, you will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent, you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and I will show him my salvation. Friends, these are great gospel words. River West, the reason that we can take refuge in our God and know that he will faithfully deliver us in these days is because we have a savior who laid down his own life, went to the cross so that he could trample the serpent underfoot. So that that promise in Psalm 91 and verse 13 could come true. So that the curse of sin could be undone. Jesus laid down his own life, went to the grave, three days later was resurrected in power, is now seated at the right hand of God and one day will come, will restore Everything that is fractured and broken in our world will rule and reign as our king forever, gathering us under his wings in a kingdom where there's no sickness, where there's no death, there's no disease, there's no separation whatsoever, no social distancing at all. Jesus makes all of those promises true. My friends, no amount of adversity and suffering that we face in this life will ever be able to separate us or sever us from the shelter that we have in God and from our Savior, Jesus Christ. So as I conclude, I just want to read great gospel passage in the book of Romans over you. If you feel comfortable, just close your eyes and take in this passage from the Apostle Paul. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's pray together. Father, in these trying times, Lord, we take such comfort from the fact that you are our faithful shield and fortress. You are our shelter, In the time, Lord, where so many of us and in our community, Lord, our lives are not only disrupted, Lord, but we're facing difficulties and challenges that have brought us to the end of ourselves. Lord, we look to you. You alone have power to deliver us from all evil. We set our hopes on you and your son, Jesus Christ, who has conquered the grave. Lord, may you wrap us this week under your wings, soothe fears, fill us with faith. Use this psalm, Lord, and others to encourage us when we're afraid. Fill us with courage so that we can reach out in this time and pray for others, Lord, that desperately need hope. Give us eyes to see those on the edges of our community that need to be encouraged. Father, with your gospel, we pray all of this in Jesus' perfect name and all of God's people said, amen.